Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Well, this is very exciting. So we've got something a little bit different this morning. We're doing an interview and we are going to hear from the magnificent Richard and Jenny Tooley. And these are good friends of ours, actually. I've known them for over 30 years and went to their marriage and maybe even helped set you up a little bit. I was MC at the wedding. Yes, I remember that. So... Fabulous couple, good friends of ours, but also we have seen them serve at uh, Pastor Phil's church at Oxford Falls for many, many years, doing an amazing job. So just quickly to introduce yourself, so how long have you been married exactly? Let's just get some details. Uh, 30 years, this, this uh, last year. 30 years, yes. Great. <laughs> 30 years. And how many children? Uh, we have four children. Um, three daughters and a son. And so, one married? Yes. Um, our second daughter, Olivia, she's, um, she's married and having a baby. We're going to be grandparents in April, which is really exciting. And um, Danielle, our eldest, uh, she's getting married in July. Right. And then Hannah. Hannah's studying overseas. And Mitchell, gorgeous, gorgeous baby, 18. Um he would be at church now, worship leading. So, right. I love awesome, that. very exciting. And how long have you been saved? I got I got saved uh, in Oxford Falls. Uh, no, when it was at uh, Thew Parade, DY, nineteen eighty four. Right, eighty five, eighty five, and then came to Connect Group. Yes, yes, we um, we uh, I got saved in my bedroom. Um, from my sister, she had visited me that afternoon and um, she'd been witnessing and Bible bashing me for six months, and, um, but it worked. And so uh, I got saved in my bedroom. The following week, um, she took me to, um, yeah, to, uh, uh, I keep saying Oxford Falls, but to uh, DY. Yeah, and I just walked inside and I thought, I can't believe it. How did I know that something like this never existed? Like, I just... I will never forget how I felt walking up that ramp, hearing the music, feeling this buzz thing in the air, walking in. And I remember you were on stage. You were singing that day, that, uh, that night. Yes. That. Yes. And then, um, and then we met up and I, two weeks later I came to your connect group. That's right. I yes. remember meeting this gorgeous girl and saying, hey, come to my connect group. <laughs> <laughs> my then... friend and I were really nervous. Her name's Sue. She's a pastor at Oxford Falls. And we were out in the, um, outside the house and we were so scared. We were like, I can't believe, we are, what are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> we go, you know, go in and everybody's <laughs> speaking in tongues. It was great. <laughs> And then, Richard, you came. I think you were in my connect group too, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was. Yeah. Is that and, where you... Uh, uh, yeah, I was. And, um, and when I uh, saw Jen uh, the first time... It... In my connect group? I... No, no. I remember you it... came in with Dave, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, and I, saw, I saw Jen in the uh, front row at, at, at the parade, and, uh, and I said to um, Sue Branch, who's now Sue Harry, I said, oh, who's that girl in the front row? And, yeah. Because she had a... 
I remember even what she was wearing. <laughs> all right, all right. So a bit of romance. Yeah. Got married. All right. And then, so. and then six weeks later, we were engaged. Ah, yes. No mucking around. All right. So you got married. You get saved. You're in church. So let's just go straight to the thing. So we're talking about serving. Now, how long before you started serving and what, what, what made you start to serve in the church? Well, it's, it's very interesting because... Uh, Ruth was a good friend of ours and uh, I remember sitting out in the back lawn at our house in Warunga and, um, and Ruth was talking to us and, uh, and ministering as she usually did and, um, <laughs> and she said to me, she said, oh, you'd be a great servant and, uh, and I thought, oh, okay, would I? Okay. And, uh, and so it, it, was, it was actually your pastor that recommended that I become a servant. And she so, said you'd be a great deacon. And, yeah, I'd I think be a I great... did use the word deacon. Yeah, yeah, she used the word did, deacon. Yeah. She said... Yeah. You'd be a great deacon. I'd be a great deacon. So Lights went on. I, obedient as I was, I went forward and became a deacon. And that was in uh, 1988 or 89, I can't remember. And, um, and yeah, and I've been serving ever since. So it's been a very exciting journey. So you've been a deacon that whole time? That whole time, wow. yes. Yeah, wow. So um, and became a deacon and then um, I became a head deacon in about 92 or 93 and then I became the deacon director at Oxford Falls in the late 90s. And, uh, and now I oversee five teams of volunteers at Oxford Falls. And I also help out with all the chaperones at uh, Oxford Falls as well. So we, we look after all the VIP visiting ministers and Pastor Phil and Chris. And very exciting, never a dull moment. Wow. <laughs> and what about you, Jenny? What, did, what about you? You're not a deacon as such, but you've done a whole bunch of stuff too. Yeah, yes. I um uh the first the first um thing I ever did was we got asked together to be door deacons. And I think I'd been a Christian for about six months and uh I just loved that I got asked. I just went, I got asked to do something, I love that. So we said yes and and we were we were good and terrible door deacons. So we had to we hand out. We talk too much. <laughs> we just everybody come and we just go off and having these conversations and forget to hand out and do what we meant to do. And and um, but we used to do fun things. We'd dress up, wear weed hats. We just turned it into a into a great job. But um, and then it was about a year later. I I think I started uh, Connect Group. So um, yeah. Which... So tell me some of the things you've done over the years, Jen. You've run Connect Groups and. Yeah, for years I did I did connect groups, and then when I had um, had started having kids, it moved into women's groups, and I did that for years, years, oh years, I don't know, fifteen years maybe. <laughs> just every that's every week, billions of kids in your yard, you know, trashing your house. <laughs> but but you don't care. It was Hudson, it, kids, yeah, probably, yeah. And it was, um, but you know, some incredible things came out of that, like a lot of. Uh, women went on and and did um, you know their own groups and and it was it was a great time for mums just to get together and help each other and uh, a lot of those women are friends today you know they're twenty years later they're really good friends and so it was great and then um, oh, I've done um, you know lots and lots of hospitality that's I love hospitality so many events and. Um, and lots of cooking, making lots of cakes. And, and now you run a lot of the um, sort of pastoral care events? Yeah, so um, I, I look after in our, it's called Life Courses. 
So uh, I put together our um, marriage courses, parenting courses. Um, I look after all the pre-marriage. Um, you know, I train facilitate. We train facilitators, and um, so yeah, it's quite a big role that's supposedly one day a week, but uh, but I love it. It's um, it's very me, and uh, we, you know, I've, I've, we do young marriage nights and. Um, and, you know, I've incorporated hospitality, so there's always lots of yummy food and it's, it's good. I love it. It's really good. So describe what a Sunday looks like for you, Richard, and as, you know, together. Uh, it's very interesting because uh, right now we've just started a ministry uh, of um, pre-marriage counselling and um, so we're helping young married couples. And this is the first ministry that Jen and I have ever done together. And so it's really uh, interesting because we've always kind of gone separate directions on Sunday mornings and I've always gone early and Jen's How early later. do you go? Uh, well, in the early days it was like 6am. and uh, Now, why I, did you have to go at 6am to church? Oh, because I have to buy the bread on the way to church and, you know, and I remember the first time that my head deacon said to me, oh, uh, can you pick up the bread on the way to church? And I thought, oh, who's going to pay for that? And he said, you are. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, that's interesting. And, but I remember the joy that came over my heart when I actually physically paid for the bread, and I thought, wow, this really, really wow, means I didn't know you that I'm pay. involved. You actually you know? had to pay for the bread as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I chose to. It's a big to. church too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of bread. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. So, you pay the bread? You buy your own bread? Yeah. Oh, you Look guys. At that, see? Yeah. I didn't know you all paid for the bread. Yeah. Oh. See? The things That's you find great. out on a Sunday. Wow. That's really sweet. <laughs> so but, uh, you buy. So tell me on a on a full busy day. So you six a.m. You get up, go and buy the bread. Yep. And then come to church. And what? And what? And, what would and, you do? And do all the setup, all the nuts and bolts, and uh, like what? And what uh, setup? You know, the uh, communion and and offering buckets and uh, get together with all the team and we pray and and uh, uh, and then uh, the service would kick off and then it'd be you know distributing the the just basically what you guys did here this morning and. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a very full, eventful day. And, and what uh, would you do after the service? What time would you get home from uh, church? Well, then in the early days we had to lock up as well. And so you'd be kicking people out at, at, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. And, um, now, hang on. And, what what and, happened and in the middle of the day? Often, what happened in the middle of the day? Uh, in the middle of the day, yeah, I'd get home about, I don't know, sometimes 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And, uh, 2, Jenny says 2. 2, two o'clock. And... Um, and uh, have a, have a so quick you'd sleep. be looking after Pastor Phil or whatever after the service. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, uh, and then we'd uh, I'd quite often have to drive people home uh, at the end of the service as well because the, the people would be there and you'd be going, okay, it's time we're closing the church and you, know, you turn the lights off and you know, and uh, people would get the hint pretty quickly. But uh, then you say to them, uh, this is when the church was at, at Brookvale, and uh, and people would say, uh, I'd say to them, oh, so where do you live? And they go, oh, Dy. And you say, how, how did you get here? And they go, oh, I got a lift. And then you'd think, well, why didn't you get a lift home with the people <laughs> that you came with? And it was very... Oh, so you just drive people home. And so I quite often had to drive people home. Really? Just for whoever, night. just whoever's yeah. left around. You yeah. can say, oh, I'll drive you yeah. home. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like special guests and things no, like that. No, no, no. This is prior to special guests. This is prior. This is in the early days. You yeah. just pick yeah. up random people and say, yeah. oh, I'll drive you home. That's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. Wow. But then you got looking after special guests. You drive them to airports and yes. all over the shop, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, I moved into chaperoning and uh, looking after Pastor Phil and 
um, VIP guests and when they come and pick them up from the airport and during who's coming to presents. Yeah, they're coming. Presents. So we're looking after people uh, at presents conference and uh, and so it's it's really real honour to look after uh, and uh, and chaperone some of the great speakers that we get to come. To sh- so uh, then you do that again at night. No, of... not anymore. I don't do it. No, night. but you did. I did at night. Yeah. yeah, I did the full day on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. All the morning services and the evening services. And so you get home about ten o'clock. Yeah. And did, how how many years did you do that? The whole service on Sunday. Maybe maybe ten years, and then now yeah, you run you run a business. Yes, I have my own business importing car spare parts. Okay, uh, Tully Imports, very successful business. European car spare parts. Who who drives a European car? Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Give me a call. And um, so, did you ever sort of feel a little bit tired on Sunday night? Like, and you oh, got to yes. get up on Monday and yeah. run your own. It's, this is their business. Like it's Tully yeah. Imports. It's not like he's they owners. So it's big big life. How'd you feel? Get a bit tired? Uh, look, I, to tell the truth, I never really got uh, burnt out. But, you know, I tell you one thing that I did learn. As, uh, as a servant and serving in the house of God, I basically did exactly what I do on Sunday and I just transposed that over into my business. And it's amazing how the world just wants to be served. You know, so I just served all my customers and they love it. You know, they'd, they'd ring me up and I'd... You know, Bending over backwards. Oh, how can we get this to you? And you know, and uh, and so I just ex- just transposed exactly what I learned on Sunday in the house of God, and transferred it into my business. And I really believe that's one of the keys to the success of our business. So you're saying that part of your success that you learned is from what you learned deaconing. You put that into your business principles, exactly. And you think that's partly why you did well in your business. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's all thanks to you. Thanks to me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't do much work. <laughs> no, you spoke but, the word. Yes, that's my big job. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's really exciting. Mm. And so you didn't feel that it was taking, detracting from your business or making you tired for your business. You felt that it actually it well, contributed I, I to really the success. Felt, I really felt a purpose. And that was one thing that I really uh, I was so blessed about. That I, I just felt such a purpose in the house of God. You know, we all can't stand up here and, and preach like Pastor Chris and Ruth. But there is something that we can do. And, you know, we're all one body. So if we all get together, we can all make this thing work. You know, and that's what the beautiful thing about the house of God is, is that we're all one body. We're all, you're either a thumb or a nose or a, or a hair or, a, you know, something. But, you know, we, we all get together and we all do the body of Christ together. And it's, uh, and it's exciting when we all come together and do our thing. You know, we, go, we can't preach to... The millions around the globe, like Pastor Phil can, but we can put in our tithe. We can, you know, carry a bucket. We can, you know, set up a chair. That's awesome. So, yeah. And how did you feel? Because you're raising four little kids. How uh, do you sort of? Yeah, I won't lie. It was tough. <laughs> so you, what, sometimes um, you found, you know, yeah, it was, but. It was only you, tough just pretty because... Pretty much church separately, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Richard, we dr- drive. We still do. We still drive separately. So two cars every Sunday? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, yeah, getting the kids out and out the door, yeah, it was tough. And just, um, yeah, it was just sometimes I, w- I would sit a lot on my own. Um, you'd be... Richard would be dashing here and doing this. And so, yeah, there were times, but, you know... It was great. It was God's call and, and I think in everything you do when you're serving God, there's always those things you have to handle. So, and how did um, you handle them? 
Um, yeah, well, God was good. I usually had some p- people to help me. There was always somebody around to help me get the kids and do the children's church. And then, um, and then I'd, I was involved. I sort of got involved in myself. When I'd drop them off, then I'd be um, on the information desk or, um, you know, uh, yeah, just on the door, welcoming, seating, just chatting, meeting up with my connect group people. So, yeah, I just got involved myself. That um, rather than sort of sitting back being annoyed. And then, um, but it wasn't always like that. As Richard sort of got more people helping him, then it sort of lightened a bit and it was yeah. good. And so did you ever get weary of serving over the years? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, um, not really either. Like I, I, I find it energising too. I think when you have that sort of serving gift, you, you know, it's, it's actually more frustrating and weary to be doing nothing. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, you're noticing things and wanting to get up. And, and um, so, no, I didn't get weary. I, I love it. And if I did, I just checked a few things, you know, my sleeping and my eating and my sinning, you know, just go through the little checklist. Maybe I need to just have a day with God, you know, read up, get the word in me. So, so that, yeah. Like, how did you stay motivated spiritually? You, you didn't, you know, in... Um, I think um, I think creativity has a lot to do with that. I think um, I think I get weary if something gets a bit boring, and so if it gets a bit boring, I think okay, I need to I need to strategize a bit. I need to plan, get a bit of a vision, make it more fun and creative. Over the years, um, you know, if I feel with my connect group gets a little bit boring, I, I just try to think a bit out of the box, do something unusual, mix it up, and then I don't know. Um, then the weariness sort of goes and you get that excitement and, yeah. uh, and, and you know, keeping that passion, I think, is a lot to do with creativity. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. great. Good yeah. answer. All right. And so um, would you, did you ever get a bad attitude? I mean, you guys are serving. No doubt there were times when people didn't say thank you or didn't notice you or weren't nice to you. Um, did you ever sort of feel you had a bit of an attitude? or? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, Not much. Not, not a lot, but... Richard, you know, less than Jenny, perhaps? <laughs> I can but, say yeah, that because I'm her friend. <laughs> it is, it is funny. When, you, when you're a gift as a servant, um, if someone doesn't appreciate you, you can really take that personally. Uh, but, you know, it's amazing when... Uh, you know, if we've all got our good times and our bad times. And, and if we're, um, if we're um, giving God the glory in the good times... Uh, it's very easy then to cast your burdens upon him in the bad times. It's kind of like this, uh, I've heard it uh, uh, described as a, as a downpipe between you and God. And, and if you give him the glory in the good times, you know, it's very easy just to cast your burdens upon him in the tough times. And certainly there's been some pretty tough times that I've had. And, uh, and, but, but once again, uh, I've got some of my greatest life revelations just simply in moments like that, in serving in the house of God, where you're just standing out the side the door, doing seemingly nothing, and the world's looking on and thinking, what a waste. But there's purpose in what you're doing. And if you're believing in God that there's a purpose in what you're doing, you know, he'll bless you and he'll, he'll give you some awesome revelations. And uh, you know, things like... Um, your serving is like the year's wages of the, the woman that broke the flask of oil upon the feet of Jesus. And that's what your serving is like in the house of God. 
the world looks on and thinks, wow, what a waste. But, uh, but it's, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, but some of the greatest revelations and cornerstone scriptures can come in moments like that. And what about you, Jen? Did you ever, I mean, well, of course you would have at times felt frustrated or angry or upset with various people. And how did you cope with, your, with that? Just processing, just um, keeping my eyes on Jesus, just remembering that, you know, if Jesus is allowing something, then there's something to be learned and something to grow through. Um, having good friends, good, you know, great friends that you can talk through things and just just allowing yourself to process that sometimes you do get hurt and, you know, sometimes people do um, offend you and, and just working through it, just working through it, being allowed to talk about it, writing it down and then taking it to God and just... Um, Asking God to help you forgive them and grow through it and learn through it, um, keeping your eyes on Jesus. And you stayed all those years in Oxford Falls? Yes, yes, we've stayed. Um, I have a couple of times I tried to leave <laughs> over the years. I was like, oh, no, you know, I'm not staying here. I'm leaving. But uh, it never worked. I, I, I love, I love my church. I love church. And even though over the years I, I thought, no, I time to go. Um, Richard's always been good. He's like, yeah, go, babe, go. I, go, you go, go, you'll be fine. I'm like, well, I don't want to go by myself. It's like, yeah, go, you'll be good. So, um, go, go and try it out. <laughs> yeah, knowing, knowing, you know, I'll go somewhere, be back next week later. I did have a, um, you know, I don't talk about a lot, but I did have one actually really awful offence in that just you know, knocked me out a bit, and um, which is pretty good over a year, period of 30, 31 years in in the same church. And but I never I never stopped coming to church. I go to into the cafe. I just sit in the cafe, watch it on the monitor. It just took me a while. It took me a while to get over it. And um, but now I look back, I'm really glad. I'm so glad I just did that and I didn't leave. I'm just so glad that was yeah. You worked it out. Yeah, good, good. All right. So, um, so what, what's your encouragement to people serving in this church? You know, have you got something that you'd like to say to them to encourage them? I think um, if you're contemplating leaving, don't. Yeah. You know, just stick it out. You know, and Pass, when, if, you stay in, if you stay in the one house, you know, the Bible talks about your roots. Just they go, they go deep. We've got some great roots in our church and great friends that have established over the years. And, and really, you're like uh, the cedars of Lebanon, you know, firmly planted in the house of God. You know, it is as tempting, you know, offence will come. Just stick around. If you haven't been offended yet, just stick around. Pastor Chris will definitely offend you sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, stick around, and it's amazing. You know, when you see God... In the good things, it's easy to see God in the good things, as I said. But it's also, if you start seeing God in the bad things, wow, how powerful is that? Start seeing God in everything, you know, and stick around. You know, if you get offended, well, okay, look, you know, just grow up a bit. And, you know, and God will just forming character. You don't go through challenges in life without God assisting you. You know, like the song said, you know, he's fighting our battles. You know, so stick around. That's great. Um, now let me just ask um, a little bit about giving because you run a business and you've, it's been successful. 
over the years. So you're also in the Ministry of Giving and um, you give quite a lot to the building fund and to tithing and everything. I mean, over the years, you must have given a mighty lot. I mean, if you give us a ballpark idea, is it like... Um, we, yeah, we, we, were, we, we get asked this a little bit. So we, um, we, rather than just be givers of just huge, like, okay, great, we have a great year and we just give a, a large sum, we tend to just be, um, and this is probably more, more uh, Richard's influence than mine, um, just steady, you know. We make a commitment to give, um, you know, pretty much the same amount every month and uh, we get to the end of the year and it's like $20,000, which may be 15, but we just try to keep it solid. So, And then you add that up over um, 30 years, adds up. I don't know. What do, do we say? I don't know. We, we reckon quarter I, I of a million remember, maybe. Um, when I first met Jen and she said, oh, do you tithe? And this is literally when we first met. And I said, no. Literally what? when you first met, the first literally meeting. We, you have well, to know that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not our first meeting, but, you know, maybe our second, before we were married. And, like, before, when we <laughs> met, as I said, when we met and, until we were engaged, it was only six weeks. So it was kind of, um, <laughs> so it, it, it was pretty whirlwind romance. You know, but, um, but, yeah, I remember Jen said to me uh, very early in the piece, she said, oh, do you tithe? And I thought, oh, no. She goes, oh, well, you've got to start tithing. So I thought, oh, okay. And being the obedient soul that I am, I, <laughs> I thought, you know, I just started, started tithing. And, and as Jen said, you know, you, the Bible talks about not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Just, you know, because your, your brain gets involved and goes, oh, look, you need those. You've got that big bill coming up next week and, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it, it is it's difficult sometimes. But if you just religiously, you know, Success is the child of relentless routine. Just embrace a relentless routine. Just keep routine. going. Yeah. Embrace tithing. Just do it. Yeah. It doesn't you know? really matter um, what the year looks like or what happens. You're just committed. And that's, yeah. you know. And so there's tithing, but there's also your building fund. Our yeah. build, where? So you've got tithing, but then over and above, you've got to- uh, offerings, you know. It, our church, as you guys are, involved in Rise and Build, or what's it called now? Um, vision, uh, vision builders, builders. Vis- vision. I can never keep up um, but, but vision builders my church is doing it and so I'm getting involved I'm a member of the church and I just get involved in whatever my church is doing what my house is doing I get involved and I don't care how much you give it's $10 a week this is, I'm talking over and above tithes right? so uh, I don't care if it's $10 a week just get involved Get on board with what your church is doing, what your body, this is your house, get on board with what your house is doing. So I just get on board with whatever my church is doing, what my body's doing, and, and the Lord just guides you and, and shows you what he wants you to give. So it doesn't matter how much the dollar value is, the most important thing is, is that you get involved. You know, um, so, yeah, look. As but Jens, you've given quite a lot, haven't you? We have, you like yeah. giving a lot. And do you think that's? Um, do you ever feel like that you've had less because of that? Uh, look, it's been interesting. God has always come through. You know, we we just uh, if you're doing what God's told you to do, He's never never going to let you go without. And uh, and so we've just been so blessed over the years. We just continue to do what He's doing, what He's telling us to do, and we just do it. 
And you've been able to buy a house and St. Ives and... Bought a house in, in Sydney and we've got some great miracle stories, you know. Um, Can you think of one? Yeah, well, when the house that we're in in St. Ives now, um, we bought in the year 2000. And, uh, and it was... Uh, in 2000, it was a million dollars. And, uh, and we couldn't afford that. We, uh, I'd done some investments and some a uh, couple of houses and a subdivision in Sydney as well prior to that. And so we ended up selling like four properties to buy this one house and we still couldn't afford to buy this house. And so was, I just thought, okay, look, to get into this place, we're going to have to, we'll rent it out for a year. The estate agent told us we could rent it out for $1,000 a week. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, we were like 50 grand short. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, we can we'll rent it out for a year. $1,000 a week, 50 grand, bang, and we'll move into it in a year. Now, um, the, um, the day we settled, we went over to the house to see the new owner, the old owners and, and uh, had a chat with them, had a cup of tea. And, um, and we packed a bag and we moved in and we just camped in, that, in the new house for, for the weekend. And that weekend, God unfolded some uh, amazing things. There was a house that we'd sold in Thornlea that, um, that the people had moved into and, um, uh, before it settled. And, um, and the agent rang me and said, oh, the people that bought you the house in, in Thornlea have, uh, have moved out. And I said, oh, can they do that? We've exchanged contracts. And, and, you know, and he said, well, I don't know. I've been in real estate for 30 years, he said, and I've never seen it. And so I thought, oh, okay. I better... And I drove over to the house and sure enough, these people had moved out, you know, because I allowed them to move in straight away uh, from on exchange of contracts. And, um, and so uh, these people moved out, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, it was a, they'd paid their 10% deposit, $30,000, um, and I'm thinking, wow, this is really bizarre. And, um, and I'm expecting to hear a phone call from them saying, oh, we've made a mistake, the house is too small, or the house is too this, or too that. And uh, long story short... They, uh, they just walked away from their deposit. I never heard from them. And I just thought, wow, thank you, Jesus. $50,000. It was 50000 oh, no, no, it was 30000 30. But then I got a, a bonus from work. And, uh, and so, it was, so you got the fifty grand. Uh, we got yeah. the $50,000. We had our cake and we ate it too. And I just <laughs> gave God the glory for all that scenario. So you could move straight in. Yeah, so we got to move yeah, in. moved wow. in. Our new house and, yeah. and, and, and uh, live in there, yeah. So God's just blessed you and looked after you. He has. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So um, can you, do you have a scripture that really um, describes your heart to serve God? Um, actually, I wrote, my, I wrote one down. I wrote a couple. But this is um, in Luke 6.38. You'll know, all know this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, full. Pressed down, shaken together, it will make room for you, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And I've always loved that scripture. And in fact, I was saying it to my son who's really serving a lot at the moment. And I said, you know, God sees that. That is coming back to you. Everything you do, you know, he will pour back to you. Mm. And uh, so I've always loved that. And it's the same. God... Yeah, I, God is so good to me. You know, I, I even just don't even pray sometimes. I just think it. I think, that'd be nice. 
bang, something happens and there it is, you know, God just, he's good. He blesses, blesses everything and he, and he finds what's important to you. Like I find that God finds exactly these little things that wouldn't be important to anybody else and he makes that happen for me. And I'm like, that is so God. So beautiful. Yeah. So give and it shall be given to you in, in, you know, not only just in money, but in just joy and happiness and, Mm. you know. Great. Yeah. About you, Rich? I think um, I've, got, I've got a thousand scriptures that are like I call my cornerstone scriptures. But, you know, um, you know, considering other people more important than yourself has got to be one of my favourites. But also Philippians talks about contentment. And, uh, and I just feel that, you know, contentment is just one of my uh, greatest assets. And, uh, and that scripture says, you know, uh, Philippians 4.11 says, learn the secret of being content. You know, it's something that you've got to learn. It's not something that you're going to, uh, that is going to come easily, you know. And it's a secret. Not everyone finds it. So uh, learn the secret of being content. No matter whether you're a, you know, great minister. Tell them your boat ramp, quickly your boat ramp story. Just uh, really I've quick. Got a, I'm writing a book at the moment called Life as a Boat Ramp, you know. You know, uh, 10 years ago I got a little 20-foot ski boat and... Uh, Ten years ago, I'm backing the boat into the water and I look on one side and there's a guy with a smaller boat and I'm feeling all uplifted and encouraged. And, but then on the other side, sure enough, there's a big boat that's double my size. I'm thinking, you know, disappointed. Right? <laughs> you know, but you know, I think our challenge in life is to learn the secret of being content. You know, keep your eyes fixed on Christ and seek the boundaries that he wants to put around your life whether you've got a big boat or a small boat, you know, whether you're well-fed or hungry, rich or poor, you know, learn the secret, and no matter what the circumstances of being content. So I think contentment is definitely my, uh, my cornerstone. Beautiful. Wow, you guys are so lovely. I could just keep doing this for ages. It's <laughs> very lovely to hear your hearts and to see your uh, testimony of serving and giving and loving in the house for so many years and just still still going like it's not like you've stopped you're still you know you probably had to get permission to come up here today <laughs> so isn't that awesome let's give them a big clap very exciting we hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon for more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.